Hi, welcome to the Clay Soul Podcast. I'm Christian Dove Nicole, your host, and I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about, honestly, I get excited to talk to you, period. I really do. I get so pumped and so excited to chit chat with you when I do these podcasts. <laughs> it's insane. But anyway, as people hunk outside. <laughs> I'm hoping that the sound will be good today. We will see. There was some, I guess, like work being done in a different apartment, either upstairs or right next to me, right before I started. So hopefully I won't have to start and stop too many times. But yeah, if you start to hear banging, we're gonna hit the brakes. Um, but I want to start by saying thank you for being here. Welcome to the podcast. If you're new and you don't know the gist, essentially this is a conversation. It is not a debate. It's not two experts coming to talk about things in order to persuade the other. This is more like, let's share some thoughts and think about it, reflect on it. Basically reviewing our experiences so that we can confront the faulty beliefs that we have in order to mold the life that we want to live. And that's why it's called the Clay Soul Podcast because I believe that not necessarily that every aspect of who we are is moldable, but that our reality is moldable. And when we choose to confront the things that aren't working, We can move forward and build the lives that we want that will work and that do work. Now, I'm going to tell you up front, I am a more spiritual girly. I guess you could say into the woo-woo. Like, I like that stuff. And so we do discuss that here. I'm not dogmatic. I try to be open-minded about it. And I'm currently learning about quite a bit. So... If you are not very spiritual, you might still listen, but listen with a little dose of salt so that you don't (laughs) don't get kind of swept up in how you feel versus how I feel about things. I actually had someone on a TikTok that I made like a week or so ago. I was sharing about an experience I had because I trusted my intuition. And I was just saying like, there are no coincidences coincidences when you trust your intuition and that you should do that and this person hops on to tell me that that's dangerous and you should not do that and all this stuff and I just responded and I was like good for you (laughs) like I don't know what you want me to tell you like if you don't agree you don't agree I'm not gonna sit here and force you to agree we're not gonna argue about it like you just you you saw my TikTok and you disagree and okay like good for you I hope that works for you that's great like what more do you want you're an adult I'm an adult I assume you're an adult because you're on this side of TikTok hopefully you're an adult uh We won't get into how I feel about children being on the internet, but clearly I have feelings since y'all don't see mine. But anyway, (laughs) long story short, it doesn't matter if you agree with me or not. Really, this is a conversation legitimately. And we're going to talk about circling back to self-love and kind of it's going to be more along the vibe of that first episode, the very first episode 
about finding stability on your own. People love that episode. I think it's like my number two episode and it's only been surpassed by my deconstruction story. I think a lot of people are deconstructing right now. And so that's why that popped off so hard. Um, I didn't expect for it to. It is a little embarrassing, but that's fine. Like I, <laughs> it's what needs to happen, I guess. So, uh, but the finding stability on your own episode has long been a top performer, and I think it's because, especially since this podcast is for people please, well, retired people pleasers, for people that are letting go of their people pleasing tendencies. But also I think we're kind of in an age now where we're really taking a step back from codependency. I, for one, am not big on bashing certain generations. I do think there are flaws in all generations. And I think there are certain generations right now that are blind to their flaws more than others. And I think when you get to a certain age, you don't want to believe that you know, the mindset your collective generation had might be flawed or might no longer work. But I think that's just the reality of life. Like, as the world changes, your generation's understanding of how things function is no longer going to be the thing that everything runs on because it's just how the world works. And um, I do think collectively, if we look back, I think boomers and a little bit of um, Gen Xers. I'm not fully sure if I want to count them totally, but I do think boomers especially were really good about community and caring about community, but also on the dark side of that, there, in my opinion, is a lot of codependency and a lot of transactional care masqueraded as unconditional love. And I do believe my generation i'm technically a zillennial i'm like literally at the very end of millennial and right right before gen z (laughs) so i'm a zillennial but i will say like the younger millennials the zoomers the gen zers and even probably the alphas i think are really good about detaching when we need to and paying attention to detaching when we need to, um, being more willing to let go when it's not healthy. But I do think the dark side of that is also we sometimes let go too quickly or we let go in the wrong spaces because, let's be honest, I think our generation's among the first to navigate that as a collective. Um, If you look at it from an astrology standpoint, then yes, that's true. Our generation, specifically millennials in this case, um, we came to cause a lot of generational healing to come forth astrologically. And so therefore, there's a lot, I think, that we have learned and improved on, but I do think there are some areas where, you know, there's some dark sides. There's the almost like because people are so quick to detach, some of us are scared to detach and we have a lot of anxious or avoidant or disorganized attachment styles. Um, Believe it or not, that is what I wrote my senior paper on in college. (laughs) I 
fell in love. I've, I'm a counseling major. Let me clarify if you're new. I studied counseling in school at a Christian college. And so I got 50-50 theology and counseling because it was a counseling, it was a theology department counseling degree. And I wrote my senior paper at the school. We had kind of like, I guess you could say it's kind of like a thesis or a dissertation, but smaller <laughs> in that it really only had to be 30 pages minimum, I think, but still a long ass paper, let's be real, for a senior in undergrad that is still a long ass paper but I wrote mine on how Christian counseling can impact in a good way attachment style healing so I really love this aspect of attachment I love discussing it I know a lot of it's also just because of the makeup of who I am I am a Virgo Chiron and in Positus house systems I am a seventh house Virgo Chiron and a seventh house Mars if you switch it to whole then it's eighth house and I think either way that just goes to show that in my life I'm always going to be learning and healing around relationship around connections to others and my passion is always going to be rooted into connections with others and relations with others and shared experiences with others, shared finances, shared possessions. And it's so true. Like, like I've said so many times, my astrological birth chart has been spot on. Every single time I learn something, I'm like, yes, that is spot on. And what's even crazier is... You know, right now, as I record this, we're in Venus retrograde. I don't know if I'm going to release this as a bonus episode or if I'm going to just pop it in at the end of the schedule. So it might no longer be Venus retrograde, but it is Venus retrograde in Leo right now. And that just simply means that the planet Venus appears to be spinning backwards, essentially, instead of going forwards in the sign of Leo. Leo is my seventh house in whole house systems. It's also partially my seventh house. <laughs> it's also partially my seventh house in Placidus as well. Um, it's intercepted. So for me, as an aqua rising, I am experiencing a lot of hard ass lessons when it comes to not only how I love and show up for others, but how I love and show up for myself too in this Venus retrograde. And that's the whole point of the Venus retrograde. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was feeling the pain of this retrograde during the pre-shadow three weeks ago. I was. It hit me hard. It hit me really fucking hard. It was wild. I was starting to experience the pain three weeks ago. And... Um, it's not been fun. And now we're on like day three or four. We're on day three of the actual retrograde period. And I kid you not, I've cried probably 20 to 30 times in the last 48 hours because of all that I'm going through right now that I'm not going to explain here or express here. But it's just been a lot of healing and unpacking. And I've had to really come to realize during this retrograde already just how even more important it is to 
pay attention to how I'm showing up for myself and others. That doesn't mean, I think a lot of times we see this as a give and take, like you can only show up for others and you can only show up for yourself and that they're on a spectrum of opposites, but I actually see it more like meters. Like when you have cups in front of you and you have a pitcher of water, you can fill all those cups if you want to. You can try to fill them up equally even. Now, it's not going to work if you have a lot of cups, probably not. <laughs> You're only going to give each cup like that much, you know what I mean? <laughs> but filling up your cup and filling up your cup for your love of others is possible to do simultaneously. But you have to decide still how much you're going to give because I think at the end of the day, you can't fill up all of the cups to the top. You can't fill all of the cups to the top if you want to pour into things. There's no way you can give everybody 100%. And I don't think you should give everybody 100%. I don't think any one cup should have 100%, if I'm being totally honest with you. There might be some cups that you leave empty because you need to leave them empty. For example, if you have a empty seventh house in astrology, that doesn't mean that you'll never get married or have a long-term relationship or business partnership, but it does mean that it's not as significant. It's not as specifically going to happen. And so if you so choose, you can say, I don't really want to be married. And you don't have to fill that cup. But that doesn't mean then that all the other areas of your life have to get 100% or should get 100%. Your career probably shouldn't get 100%. Even if it's something you absolutely love. I absolutely love podcasting, for example. And it's not like my full-time thing. My gut instinct just told me, like, shut up, girl, because it could be your full-time thing one day. <laughs> I do love, I absolutely love podcasting. But podcasting cannot be my 100% forever all the time. I also need to give some energy to other things, like family, and if I want to, friends, and myself and it's just to me it is impossible to see it as a spectrum because giving to yourself doesn't necessarily limit giving to others if you're pouring into yourself it does give back to others you know inadvertently it does and if you're pouring into others it can give back to you but it doesn't always you get what I'm saying but I also don't think we should be filling all the cups to 100%. We can choose to leave some empty. We can choose to say, I'm not going to have kids, so I'm going to leave this cup empty. That's fine. Choose to do that if that's what you want to do. We can choose to, I don't know, maybe you want to choose to leave spirituality empty. As you know from my podcast episodes, I don't think that's the best option. I do think we benefit from spiritual practices in general whether we believe in them or not um but if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do and you can leave it empty and that's fine but you can't give 100 percent to everything sometimes we do that 
I know for one, as I just told y'all with my Chiron in Virgo, serving, <laughs> consistently serving is also the point of healing, the wounded healer. And I haven't even gotten to the fact that my Chiron is opposing my Saturn in Pisces. And if you know astrology, you're sitting there like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my Chiron is opposing my Saturn in Pisces. So that just eliminated a lot of information for those of us that know what that means. But if you don't know what that means, it simply means that my wounded healer, the aspects of life where I have to learn and really like I'm experiencing trauma, but healing it at the same time, they're connected to Saturn, which is the planet of karmic lessons. <laughs> karmic lessons, meaning they're going to send you things that you need to there. I'm saying it like it's plural. Saturn is one, but <laughs> Saturn is going to send you lessons and you're going to need to learn from them or you're going to reap what you sow. I'm doing a thumbs up if you're not watching. <laughs> oh, man. If you're not watching this, oops. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you missed some of my facial expressions in the silence. <laughs> oh, man. So I am definitely the type of person I know how it is. When you give your all passionately, because again, conjunct my Mars is my Chiron. So when you passionately give your all, to others consistently because you want to let's be real because you want to i'm also a cancer son so i genuinely want to that can backfire and you can very easily lose yourself in it we talked recently about protecting your energy and being mindful about how much energy you give out especially as former people pleasers, it's really easy to connect our energy to other people's opinions and other people's personal convictions and rules for life. And I have seen it firsthand so many times how much I've shortchanged myself because my passionate care and passionate love for someone While I think was appreciated, it was just more than they really should have received. And I'm not saying these people are bad because it's not always that we do that with bad people. I think there is a little bit of a problem in our generation where we see like, this is not working for me. I'm going to call it toxic. <laughs> it's not necessarily that it was toxic. It's just they did not need all that giving. They didn't need me to pour that much into them. Healthy people that are really self-aware will tell you that, or they'll like create just enough healthy distance where you're not pouring as much, I will say. Um, really healthy people can notice that, and they'll say that. And they'll be honest with you. If they really like are paying attention, they'll notice, and they'll give you room. But not everyone is as aware that you pouring into them more than they need is something that they should be checking. Maybe that other person has never really experienced you pouring into them or anyone pouring into them. 
And so they very gladly accept it because they're like, damn, at least somebody cares about me for once, you know? That happens sometimes. And so I think it comes, honestly, it's very common. I don't think it's like a healthy thing. I think it's just a common thing that people like me and you, I'm guessing you because you're listening to this specific episode, have poured ourselves into people more than they needed. I'm not going to say more than they deserved because some people might deserve the whole world, but that still doesn't mean they need all of the pouring out. That doesn't mean they need to receive over-the-top love all the time. And when we do that, we lose ourselves in it. Because the otherness has become obsessive. It might not be consciously obsessive. It might not even seem obsessive on the surface level. But because there's so much magnetism and there's so much drive and desire to be passionately loving someone else because you want to show up for them, for whatever reason, it might be because of them, it might be because of you. You might value it. It might make you feel better to be that loving because you didn't experience that from others. But when we do this, we lose ourselves and we lose track of where we are. And this is where I say it's time to circle back to you and circle back to self-love. The relationship might not end, the friendship might not be over, but you still need to circle back to yourself and self-love and find stability on your own. As I said in that very first episode, you don't always have to end things in order to help build your self-love, in order to care for yourself. And if the other person is willing to give you that space to cultivate yourself, take it like what the fuck (laughs) take it you know like don't limit yourself if they're saying go spend time with yourself or your friends or you know you go journal and i'll go golf or you go thrifting and look at books and i'll go shopping and we'll come back together and have lunch like take it take it if they say i'll watch the kids and you go to the movies by yourself take it It might feel uncomfortable if you're not used to it to be out by yourself, but oh my gosh, that that has benefited me so much in my life. It's not even funny. I started this actually in 2021 because 2020 was so isolating for me emotionally. I was still technically around people in 2020, but I was like literally like I felt like an island all of 2020 because I was going through so much trauma 2020 stuff that I've never shared publicly happened to me in 2020 issues with family issues with romantic relationships dealing with postpartum I didn't have depression or anger but I don't know if I had postpartum anxiety it's hard to tell when it's 2020 and the whole world is freaking out you know what I mean But I literally, I have a panorama baby that was born a week and a half before lockdown. 
<laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot that I had to sift through. And 2021 was when I was like, I need to have time alone. And I don't care what anyone says. I'm doing it during the day, <laughs> not at nighttime, during the day, not when everything's shut down, during the day. And also because my then husband had worked nights, so it had to be during the day. But I needed it. I knew I needed it. And I started literally, this sounds crazy thinking back to it. I started with one hour a week. Like one formal set aside time a week. That is wild for me to say out loud because I'm looking back at like, how the hell did I <laughs> manage to only do one hour? And I mean, at the time, again, it was 2021, so I was still breastfeeding. <laughs> and my second child breastfed way past the like generalized weaning phase. So yes, <laughs> I, could, I, I couldn't technically just like dip out a whole lot uh, unless I was like really ahead on pumping. But again, she ate a lot. <laughs> so I relished in that hour. And that hour helped me so much. But what's crazy is like now, I have like five days a week of alone time. Technically more if I really think about it. I've never sat down and like actually counted it. And it's benefited me so much. It really has. I just, it is really funny thinking like, wham. I like, I legit like, had one hour a week and I remember being like no I really need to move it to two I gotta do two is two okay and I did two and then somewhere along the way it started to be a lot more and it's been so helpful for my mind it's been so helpful for my identity I was never the type of person like I could never be like that mom that lost her identity and her kids it wasn't working for me I actually thought I kind of was supposed to be like that because I was also Christian at the time and a lot of like other Christian women are like that. And I just, I couldn't do it. So I gave up on it. I just, I can't do it. Like I can't lose myself into my motherhood. Motherhood was not the epitome of my life. I cherish it so much. I love being a mom. I love my kids. But it's not the epitome of my existence. And having that time up helped me with that. It helped me better ground myself in my identity as a 20-something. I am still in my 20s. I'm 28 as of recording this. So it really helped me with that. It helped me with going through all the like healing that I needed to do, reading, going out by myself to restaurants, trying new things, basically reassimilating into the world, not only because it was post-panorama, but also because I, I did not have that chance. I had my first kid at 22, so I didn't really have experiences like other 20-somethings because I married young and I had kids young. I'm not going to act like I planned on having kids young. That was just how it happened, and I'm grateful, but <laughs> I married young and had kids young, you know what I mean? And being alone helped me reassimilate into regular life. 
It helped me reacquaint myself with myself and it opened so many doors to me better understanding not only me, but then like what I believed. If I hadn't started taking time to myself, I don't think I would have healed as fast. I have gone through a shit ton of work. I'm not kidding. Since 2020, it's not even funny. Like y'all get this version of me not knowing how much has occurred in three years. It's baffling to me to even think it's been three years. This year alone has felt like two already. <laughs> and it's only July. <laughs> but, but like it baffles me to think it's only been three years because I have gone through so much shit and I've had to heal from so much shit in the last three years. And I don't think it would have happened nearly as fast if I, if I hadn't. There were several stints in there where I did not want to be alive anymore because the pain had gotten so bad. There were several since in there when the anxiety was so high that I could barely function. There was a lot of paranoia. And I'm to the point now where like I don't have anxiety spirals. I don't have depression spirals nearly as much, thankfully. But that also happened because I set aside the time. I did it really slowly, but I set aside the time to reconnect with myself. to grow alone, to go to places alone, to look at new books that I'd never seen before and look at new areas of town that I'd never seen before, to walk down the street by myself in public during the day. Let me clarify. <laughs> to not have to think about someone else at that time for just an hour, but gradually for more to ponder more about my life and my trajectory, my path, to ask myself the deep questions about, do I, do I really believe this? Do I really agree with this? Where does this lead? I think a lot of times, especially in Christian circles, because it's such a closed circuit of thinking, we don't think about where it leads practically. And I had the chance to do that. I had the chance to confront a lot of things that I had counted as acceptable that wasn't. And I also had the chance to really pay closer attention to my flaws and my mistakes. That doesn't mean I'm perfect now. I am not at all. <laughs> and in fact, this Venus retrograde has taught me a fuck ton about how I really have messed up. It's humbled me so many times already. And man, it really has. Oh, uh, man. But none of that would have happened if I didn't create space to find stability on my own and love myself while I was in relationship. But there are times when you do that not because you want to, but because you need to and because you have to. I want to talk about this in a different episode. And I've actually had this on the list since February. But I want to talk about having to let go when you're not ready. Or having to let go when you don't want to. 
there are so many times in my life when I had to let go because the other person was ready, but I wasn't. I had to let go because things were not working. Not because I wasn't invested, not because I wasn't committed, but because things were not working. We've already talked about my chart quite a bit, so I'm just gonna reveal I am a fourth house Venus. <laughs> so, and I mean, it's pretty, it's actually pretty close to my fifth house sun in Cancer because it's a zero degree fifth house sun. So, I find home in love and in self-expression and I, I find home in it. If you've ever found a home that you liked, you don't want to move. <laughs> you don't want to leave. You would much rather renovate it than leave. You would much rather say, I'm going to paint these walls than leave. Oh, I don't like this thing about this house. Well, I'm just going to take these shutters off and repaint them. Oh, I don't like this thing about this house. Oh, I'll just swap out all their doorknobs to the color or the style that I like. I don't like the kitchen. I'm going to renovate it because I like the house. And so I'd rather do the work to maintain the house. But what do you do when it's time to go and you don't want to go? You've poured all of your energy into maintaining this house and it's time to go. I've experienced this so many times and I'm really reflecting on it right now during this retrograde. Because it sucks. It absolutely sucks having to leave something that you've put all of your energy to before you're ready. And we kind of talked about that a tiny bit in the protecting your energy, but here I really want to I really want to talk about the silver lining. When I'm further along, I want to actually discuss <laughs> how to grieve. <laughs> because I kid you not this year this specific year I thought my word was going to be liberation you know because I'm stepping into like new seasons I'm leaving Christianity behind I came out this year <laughs> I thought that's what it was going to be about and it turns out this year is also really about heartbreak Oh my gosh, my heart has broken so many times for so many reasons. I have cried so many times in this year. Like, to the point of dehydration multiple times. Um, and it's been really hard. So I do want to discuss grief a little later, though, when it's not as fresh. But I think there's a silver lining here. And it's really hard to see because, again, when 
relationships feel like home because they're comfy and they're cozy and you think everything's great and when it's not great you've worked to fix them and you put on that hard hat you've put on your tool belt you've gotten out all the stuff that you need to renovate and work hard to like tackle issues and then you're blindsided when someone wants to burn the house down or someone wants to sell it they don't want to put any more energy towards it and it sucks Feeling like you're being evicted out of something that you loved and you cared deeply about and you put so much energy to. It is so fucking painful. But I want to read this quote. It's actually by um, Bianca Sperichino. She's a poet. Um, She's a very interesting poet. I have interacted with her on my poetry account on Instagram. Um, she's really kind, kind person. I can tell. Um, I've appreciated her words and this quote specifically has been circling around TikTok quite a bit. If you're in the healing space on TikTok, it's circled around a lot. Um, if not, then you might've also seen it on Instagram. I think I've seen it there too once. But I think this quote is like essentially the epitome of what I truly want to say in this episode. It says, maybe right now your journey isn't about love. Maybe right now your journey is about you. Maybe this is the season you are being challenged to be your own savior, to be your own safe place. Maybe right now you are being reminded that the people who walked away were only ever leading you back to yourself, were only ever leading you here. And here, you are okay on your own. Here, you are rebuilding. Here, you are adapting and mending and reclaiming all of the pieces you let them walk away with. Here, You are being kinder to your soul. You are giving yourself the kind of love you have always given to others. Here, you are not rushing your heart. You are not depending on another human being to fix it. Instead, here, you are doing that on your own. Here, you are healing. That's by Bianca Spiritino. I think that's how you say that. And that's essentially what I wanted to talk about. The silver lining to pouring all your energy into things and then them leaving you or those things backfiring is that you're not left with emptiness. You think you're left alone But one is actually not a lonely number. One matters. And one is a thing that exists. It's not empty. It's not lonely. And you might be trying to find stability on your own now. Again, maybe it didn't end. The relationship, the friendship, the family situation didn't end. 
but there's a distance and you've had to realize that you are on your own but being on your own was never meant to be synonymous with being alone society put that on that and it doesn't mean you have to be on your own always and forever it's just simply a reminder that being one means that you can be whole so that when it's time to connect with others whether that's in a date or at a friendly brunch at a party a get together a wedding or whether it's something deeper like a long-term relationship having kids gaining a business partner you're secure enough in knowing that your one is whole so that even if they leave or even if it's just you're not seeing them right now you don't have to worry about any feelings of emptiness because you're being led back to you you're circling back to you And that is a gift. It may not feel like it. I know. It really may not feel like it. But it is a gift. Optimize on this time. Not only this Venus retrograde in Leo, because yes, that is the theme of this Venus retrograde in Leo but also just optimize on whatever season you're in where you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking this is my fucking life that she's talking about. You have been led back to yourself. What are you going to do with you? Whatever it is, I hope it's truly worth the time. And that you come out of this season far more firmly planted in who you are. You don't, literally, you don't have to have any answers about what's next. That's not the point of why you're here. I hope that when you circle back to yourself, you find love. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it helped you. I hope it provoked thoughts for you. I hope it led you to see life differently. And I'm going to go cry now. <laughs> Seriously, though, like I'm going to go decompress. And I cannot wait to come back to this again. Seriously, I love talking to you. Thank you for listening. Share this with a friend and have a great day.